0: Mark's gospel, and to the 10th chapter. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, a few short verses for us this morning. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Amen. Let's pray together for a moment. Lord, what we know not, would you teach us? What we have not, would you give us? What we are not, would you make us? For Jesus' sake, amen. I remember a little story that I may have first heard from my grandfather, although I'm not entirely sure. The farmer's dog has a litter of puppies that he needs to sell. As he's nailing a sign onto the fence post announcing the sale, he feels a little tug on his trousers. He looks down and there's a little boy standing there saying, I'd like to buy one of those little puppies. The farmer says, son, the pups are pretty expensive. They come from a really good dog. The little boy reaches down into the pockets of his overalls and pulls out 39 pence. And he says, will this buy one of them? The farmer smiles and says, yes, that'll buy you one, son. So he calls for Dolly, and she comes waddling out of the pen and following her are four little balls of fire tumbling down a ramp. They come up, and they sniff around. And while the little boy is playing with them, another pup, a fifth pup, a little smaller sort of crippled and awkward one comes stumbling up to the fence. And the little boy looks over the other four and he says, I want that one. But the farmer says, son, you don't want that one. That's what we call the runt. He he won't be able to play with you like the other pups because he's the last one that was born and he won't be like the other dogs. He won't be able to run like they run. With that, the little boy stepped back from the fence and began to reach down and roll up one leg of his overalls. And in doing so, He revealed a steel brace running down both sides of his legs, attaching itself to specially made shoes. Looking back up at the farmer, the little boy said, you see, sir, I don't run too well myself. And my puppy, well, he'll need someone who understands him. Children can blow us away with their innocence and their insights. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus says that the kingdom of God belongs to children. And in this incredible little passage before us this morning, we find some amazing truths as people try to bring children to Jesus, as Jesus' disciples try to turn them away, as Jesus rebukes them and says that we must all become like children to enter the kingdom of God. And I want to share a word, three words from these verses, well, it's an awful lot more than three words, but three key words from these verses to encourage Craig and Ashley as they thank thanked God for the gift of Zach and committed themselves to bringing him up well, sharing their faith with him as he grows. These words are for all parents, and actually, for all of us as we see the children of the church and as we support families in the church, and actually, there's a message in there for our children as well. Firstly, a word about responsibility. We start in verse 13 by reading that people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. And the word translated children there literally speaks of the young, including infants. And many of them can't come on their own to Jesus because they are so young. They need someone to bring them. And that is our job as parents, those that are parents amongst us, is our responsibility to bring them to Jesus. And we do that in two main ways, may I suggest. We love them to Jesus. We love them. We will want them to know Jesus as we do. These parents here in this text have clearly heard about Jesus and they want to hear more from him. They want to see him for themselves and they want to take their children along as well. They're looking for Jesus to to touch them, to bless them. Parents and grandparents, friends and neighbors brought their children and the little children of their neighborhoods to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to pray for these little children. And this was common in that day for the people would often bring their children to the rabbi, to the teacher, to have him pray for the children and to bless them. The best thing that we can do for our children is to lead them to Jesus and teach them all about Him and His amazing love. But the disciples weren't so keen. Look at the end of that verse. But the disciples rebuked them. They thought that this was a waste of time. They likely thought that the children were too young and they wouldn't understand, so they shouldn't be there. They sought to restrict access to those who would love children to Jesus. I guess I've got a question for us. Are we like those who want to love children to Jesus or are we like the disciples who have no time for babysitting? If I put that simply, for us as a church here in Cornton this morning, will you serve our families and our children by helping in our various children's ministries? Will you serve our children by praying for them and setting a good example to them in all that we do, showing them Jesus Sunday by Sunday and days during the week as we interact with them? Will we welcome them here in the church? Let's love them to Jesus. And then we recognize that we're also to lead them to Jesus. In verse 14, we read that Jesus got mad at what he saw, how he saw the disciples react and respond to people bringing their children. When Jesus saw this, it says he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. This is the only time in the gospel you'll read of Jesus being indignant. His anger, his righteous anger was aroused and he publicly rebuked the disciples in the strongest possible terms. One commentator writes, the object of a person's indignation reveals a great deal about the person. Jesus' displeasure here reveals his compassion and defense of the helpless, the vulnerable, and the powerless. Jesus cares for these little ones. He is interested in these little ones. He longs for them to be able to come to him. And so he gives a threefold response to his disciples. He says, let them come. He says, do not hinder them. He says, the kingdom of God belongs to them. Jesus is affirming in those very words that children are worth his time and they ought to be worth our time. So how do we lead them to Jesus? Three very simple ways. Pray for them. Indeed, pray with them. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a little bit of a hero of the faith of mine, his mother prayed for him fervently. As a young child, she prayed for him. As he grew up, she prayed for him. She kept praying for her boy from a young age. And Spurgeon went on to be mightily used as a Baptist minister, often referred to as the Prince of Preachers. The Apostle Paul in the scriptures often records his prayers for us, for the people he writes to. He prays that they will grow in their knowledge and love of God. And the best example, of course, of someone praying is our Lord Jesus Christ and that wonderful prayer, our Father who art in heaven. Jesus prayed alone. Uh, He got up early and he prayed. He withdrew to quiet spots. He prayed in difficult times in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed with and for his disciples and all believers who would hear their message and respond. If you read through John chapter 17, we're encouraged in the Scriptures to pray, to pray to our Father in heaven. The wonderful old hymn reminds us what a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That was my grandfather's favorite hymn, And he prayed often, and I am so grateful for his prayers that led me to where I am today. And so we bring our children uh, by prayer. We pray for them. We pray for God's protection on them. We pray for God to lead and to guide them throughout their life. We pray for God to bless them richly as he shines his face upon them, as we did with little Zach this morning. And we pray that they would come to know Jesus as their own Lord and Savior in due course. And so Ashley and Craig have a great responsibility to pray for Zach, to pray with Zach, pray with him before he goes to his bed, pray with him at meal times, pray with him at important times in his life, saturate his and your life with prayer. We also lead them to Jesus by reading the Bible with them. By teaching them God's word. The people here were were teaching their children what was important in life. They could have been anywhere else that day. They, They could have gone anywhere else to anybody else. They could have stayed at home. But that day they recognized who Jesus was and they wanted to bring their children to see Jesus. Linda read those wonderful verses in Deuteronomy 6 uh, this morning about teaching our children the very commandments of God as we get up, as we lie down, as we go through our everyday lives. We teach our children about Jesus. And so it's important to teach our children from a young age about God, about His love, about His teaching in the Scriptures. And so these people began to teach them by bringing them to Jesus and we can help teach our children by bringing them to Jesus as well. We do that as we open up that Bible. maybe might be a children's Bible to begin with. maybe might be one like we gave to them this morning. And they read the stories of Jesus with their young. And we encourage them to begin to read it for themselves as they grow older, as they flourish. As they begin to learn to read for themselves. And you know, our children watch what we do if they see us reading the Scriptures, they will be encouraged to do the same. Uh, And uh, if they see us praying, spending time with the Savior, uh, then they will follow those actions as well because actually we have an awesome responsibility not just to pray and to read Scriptures, but actually in how we live our lives. Children watch what we do. And so, of course, although prayer and Bible reading are both very important, uh, the, the key thing is that we example, we model Jesus and our living. Our children watch our lives and they copy us. They learn from us. And that's not just in prayer and Bible reading, but in how we speak and what we say, how we act, how we react. I can often tell you whose child is, whose uh, by the things that they do and the way they behave. Children follow the example we set them. And so let's make sure that's the right example. Let them see that uh, living for Jesus is a natural and normal ebb and flow of life. Remember that loving and leading a child to Jesus is as much caught as it is taught. One of the best things a mature believer can do for children is for them to be in love with Jesus. When mature adults love Jesus with a sincere devotion, it encourages children to love him too. What a responsibility! And so we pray for Craig and for Ashley. We pray for all of the parents in our midst, and we play our part in loving and leading our children to Jesus. But I want to take a moment in the midst of this message to offer a word about redemption. Well, this text certainly highlights every adult's responsibility to serve our children by helping them form a good spiritual foundation. It also speaks of the matter of salvation, it also speaks of redemption. The fact that children are invited to come to the Savior implies that children need a Savior. Now, most folks don't like to hear this, but children are sinners to David. The great David in his uh, great penitential psalm, the wonderful Psalm 51, prays, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And while children may possess a certain innocence, they still stand in need of salvation. That's why parents, other concerned adults, were bringing their children face to face with the claims of the gospel here in this story. It's not our duty to save them, but it's our duty to expose them to the things of God, to the word of God. When children hear the gospel preached and taught and lived out, they are far more likely to come to Jesus when at an early age. You remember Paul's words to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15? How from infancy... How from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so children are in need of salvation. They're in need of coming to saving faith in Jesus. And that always prompts a question, but at what age? Well, it can happen at any age? Growing up, I was never allowed to take communion until I was baptized. I wasn't baptized until I was 16, although I'd actually come to saving faith in Jesus at 13. I know folks who came to faith at age eight. The key isn't age. The key isn't age. The important thing is, do our children know what they are doing? Are they aware what sin is? And that they are sinners in need of a savior. Do they know who Jesus is because of what we've taught them? It's incumbent on us to bring them to Jesus from a young age and to keep teaching them of Jesus. And I just want to say to the young folks in the room this morning, think about this. Think about what you've been taught by your parents. Think about what you've been taught by me. Think about what you've been taught by others in the church family. When you reach a place in your life, when you understand that you're a sinner, when you understand that that sin separates you from God, when you understand that Jesus had to die and rise again from the dead to save you, you need to be saved. You need to come to Jesus to be saved. And that's a simple thing for you to do. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen because your mom and dad bring you to church. It doesn't happen because they've taught you the things of Jesus all the days of your life. Young folks, you need to come humbly to God yourself. You need to pray and say sorry for your sin, to thank God for sending Jesus to the cross to die, to save you, asking him to rule and to reign in your life as Lord of your life, and you can do that on your own. You can (laughs) bear still. Why not ask your mom or dad afterwards um, and ask them to pray with you and for you as you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Come to me. We can sit and we can chat and we can pray. And of course, once we're saved, uh, once we believe in Jesus, the Bible says, believe and be baptized. And so maybe you need to chat to your parents and, uh, and come speak to me about being baptized today as well. That word of redemption, of salvation, is for each of us. We all come to a stage where we need to put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. So, young folks, don't shy away from it. Don't think that just because you're here, you're saved, just because your parents are saved. But what do we learn from our children about redemption here? About coming to save in faith in Jesus? Two things. We come helpless and hopeless. Jesus says children are the kind of people the kingdom belongs to. They're the ones who enter the kingdom of God and we see them coming to Jesus with the help of others, no doubt with some degree of hope and expectation, small though it may be. The phrase belongs to such as these is instructive. Children teach us something about entering the kingdom of God. Children are helpless. They can do next to nothing for themselves at a young age. Their very lives are in the hands of another And yet even at a very tender age, they seem to be filled with hope and expectation. Oh, they don't know all that they need, but they know they need the help of another and they are hopeful that they will receive it. They come small, they come helpless, they come powerless, they've got no clout, no standing. They bring nothing but empty hands. But listen, only empty hands can be filled. Only empty hands can be filled with the love of the Saviour we come trusting and dependent as well. Jesus says the kingdom of God is received. It's not earned. Verse 15, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus says the kingdom of God is received like a little child, that it's not received at all by their display of trust and absolute dependence on another. Children point the way into entrance into God's kingdom A child has a capacity to enjoy a lot, but they can explain very little. They live by faith. They live by trust. They live by dependence. They must trust another to live. They must trust another to survive. They must depend on other people. They rely on their parents. They can't feed themselves or wash themselves or change themselves at Zach's age. Although I'm sure he gives himself a pretty good try sometimes as well. Zach depends on Craig and Ashley, and he does that without thinking. He does it without questioning. And Jesus says that we must do the same in regard to God. We have to come and depend on him, and we need to do that without having all of the answers worked out. We depend on God for life and breath. He made us. He knows us. He knows how we are wired, how we work. And so he knows what we need in life as well. And when it comes to salvation, to getting into heaven to spend eternity with him forever, we depend on him. Yet not I, we sang a few moments ago, but through Christ who lives in me, not because of what I've done, but because of all that Jesus has come. So friends, let's come as little children to Jesus today today. Helpless, hopeless, yet trusting and dependent on Him. A word about responsibility, a word about redemption, and finally, a word about the Redeemer, although we've spoken about Him all the way through, but watching Jesus minister to these children, we get a glimpse of aspects of our Lord's uh, personality He's interested in these little ones. He loves these little ones. Verse 16 says, And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. And Jesus offers them two things here. He offers them his presence Even though the disciples wanted to prevent the children from coming to Jesus, we find that he takes them up into his arms, laying his hands upon them. The children were blessed with the very presence of the Lord literally being embraced by him. He was willing to take the time for them. He was willing to receive them to himself. And you know, I am thankful for the times I have felt the warm, tender embrace of my Savior. Those times are only available when we come before him as little children, when we've come to the end of ourselves, realizing our inabilities and desiring that which he alone can provide, we then have that opportunity to feel his embrace. I remember times as a child when I was hurt or scared, needing the embrace of a loved one. And my mom would take me up in her lap, pulling me close while providing the comfort I desperately needed in those moments. Such opportunities are available in Christ as well. He will pull us close to himself. He will allow us to feel the warmth and comfort of his embrace. Don't you just love wonderful scriptures like Matthew eleven twenty eight? 28? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Come to me feel my embrace. He also offered them his provision. Jesus didn't just acknowledge the children. He didn't just simply give them a hug. He blessed them. He offered his divine provision in their lives. He genuinely met the needs of those who came to him. By faith, they came to him, and by faith, they received a blessing. It's impossible to be thankful for the Lord's provision as we should as I pondered the blessing these children received, I've been reminded of the blessings I've been given. As I came to Christ many years ago by faith, I have no idea what I'd been given then. Like these children, I was touched by the Lord, but the reality of that blessing was beyond my understanding. It was unfathomable. Honestly, I still can't fully comprehend what I have received, all that I have received in Christ's but I'm thankful for his grateful provision in my life. He took my guilt and my shame, replacing it with his righteousness. I was granted acceptance by the Father and promised eternal life. I now have the Spirit abiding within me to guide and to guard my life. I received all of that through childlike faith. I didn't receive all of that because I went to university for four years and studied how to be a pastor and to understand the Scriptures inside and out. I didn't. I came as a child. And to say that I am blessed beyond measure doesn't begin to describe what I have received in Christ. Friends, this is an incredible little passage, one which we, in which we see the very tender heart of our Redeemer. He longs for the little children to come to him. He longs for all of God's children to come to him. The kingdom of God belongs to children. And because of that, there's a responsibility on us to love them and to love our children to Jesus and to lead them to Jesus. Craig and Ashley, God has blessed you with the knowledge of salvation. He has opened your eyes to the truth and drawn you to himself. He has now blessed you with the most precious gift, the gift of a son. What a privilege. But what a responsibility too that is on you now to care for this little one and to bring him to Jesus. May you love him to Jesus as he grows. May you lead him to Jesus through the example you set through your prayers and your reading of the scriptures with him. Friends, that responsibility is on all of us as well to love our children, to love the children of this church family, to love the children of the church families to which you belong to, and to lead them to Jesus. Of course, there was a word about a redemption and a redeemer in there as well. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? If not, this is the moment to change all of that. Come. Confess your sin, not to me. Come and confess your sin to God. Uh, Put your trust in Christ alone for your salvation. Crown Jesus as Lord of your life. Come as a child. No matter what age you are today, no matter what understanding you have today, come helpless, come hopeless, come trusting, come and be dependent on Jesus. The kingdom of God belongs to children. Are you a big kid like me? Let's pray. Loving God, we want to thank you for these wonderful words. We want to thank you for the great reminder that you welcome the little children to you. You say, do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Lord, help all of us to take responsibility for the children in our midst. Help us to love them and to lead them to Jesus by our actions, by our words by the things that we say and do. Lord, we pray for families this morning. Help us to to love and to care for the families in our midst this morning as well. Help us to support them and encourage them as they seek to bring their children up well. Lord, what an, an amazing privilege to be a parent. But what great responsibility as well. So Lord, we pray for Craig and Ashley today. We pray for other parents and the church family today that they would all take that responsibility seriously and love and lead their children to Jesus. Lord, help us to support them in that. But Lord, we thank you for the wonderful reminder that you welcome all who will come by faith, who will come as little children to you. And so, Lord, I want to pray this morning, thanking you for my salvation, thanking you that you saved me, you opened my eyes, you let me see the truth. Lord, many of us in here are able to rejoice and say thank you for that this morning as well. But, Lord, I do want to pray for any in this place this morning, particularly for our younger folks, Father God, but for all of us if there are those here this morning who have not put their trust and their faith in you alone for salvation, Lord, may this be the day, may this be the moment where that changes. May they stop relying on their parents' faith. May they stop relying on the fact that they come to church Sunday by Sunday. And Lord, may they recognize their need for the Savior. And as they come, May they feel the warm, tender embrace of the Savior who lays his hand on them and blesses them and prays for them. Father God, would you change lives for all of eternity this morning in this place for your glory and for your honor alone. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.